Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where I speak with creative entrepreneurs, artists, and other insanely interesting people to hear their stories learn about their molding moments, tipping points, and spectacular takeoffs. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. In this episode of The Unmistakable Creative, Chris Ducker returns to the show to discuss his journey from humble beginnings to building a multi-seven-figure business in the Philippines. We dissect the DNA of entrepreneurs and discuss his new book, Virtual Freedom. Chris, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, well, it's it's so great to have you back here. I mean, you and I have been friends for, for three years now. I mean, we had you twice when we were called Blogcast FM, possibly even three times. But, um, you know, I mean, you have always been a, a friend, a mentor. I mean, I, some of the advice you have gave, given me has been instrumental in, in where I've ended up. You know, I mean, I probably mentioned it a thousand times on the show. So, you know, for people listening, um, tell us a, a, a bit about your story, your background, and, and how that has brought you to doing all the things that you're doing today. Well, I mean, you know, I, 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 I tend to not kind of try to you know, raised to graces too much, right? It's, it's not my style. You know, I, I'm just a, I'm just a sales and marketing guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, honestly, that's, that's what I, I see myself as, um, you know, as the last decade has gone by, um, I guess I've started to remove that hat a little bit and wear a more solid kind of serial entrepreneur sort of type of hat. But ultimately at the core I'm just a, a marketing and, and branding small business kind of guy that enjoys working with people and, um, you know, being around teams and developing teams and all that sort of stuff. I mean, my, my, my hardcore kind of background is in the publishing industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was working for a, a very large company in the city of London for almost eight years. And, um, you know, I, I learned a lot about business. Uh, publishing is one of the most complex, uh, irritatingly tough <laughs> businesses to be involved with. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I learned pretty much everything I know about sales, marketing and branding, which is really my three big kind of, uh, you know, uh, feathers in my cap, so to speak. I, I learned everything uh, that I know today about those subjects working in the publishing industry. And so, um, yeah, you know, 2000, I came over here to the Philippines, um, started to, you know, school the local uh, companies as well as some of the international companies here in regards to marketing. And, uh, you know, particularly over the last sort of seven or eight years, uh, I've worked with a lot of um, startups and a lot of, uh, you know, distribution companies and that sort of type of thing over here in regards to their online presence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's really what I'm about. You know, I, I'm the guy that will walk into a restaurant, see that there's a Foursquare sticker on the door show the fact that I've checked in on Foursquare and look at the dumb blank look on the waitress's face saying, what's that? 
And then I find out who owns that restaurant and says, do you realize how much money you're losing by not training your staff properly? Uh, and then I make lots of money training their staff for them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, 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 what, that's one of the things I do anyway. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I mean, a decade, right, as an entrepreneur, that's, a, that's, that's not a small, up, yeah. small amount of time. I mean, and, you know, I – as we as we you know as we sit here and we talk like you know when we talk to people on the unmistakable creative what we like to get into is the things that have molded them into who they are i mean you know i i don't this doesn't say you know i think that people have this idea that the entrepreneur's journey is some sort of cinderella story because we often don't see what goes into it uh we only see the end result and i i want to talk about the stuff that's gritty and the stuff that's ugly uh, because I know you, you've talked about some of it before. I mean, sure. So talk to me. I mean, about sort of those kinds of moments on this journey. I mean, especially in the beginning, because I think that we have gotten this idea in our heads that it's escape from cub- cubicle nation and it's all you know sipping on a beach and drinking margaritas while you know the money tree basically grows. And I think you and I both know that's not true. No, it's complete BS. I mean, you know, Four Hour Work Week was a great book. Let's talk about laptop and beach lifestyle for mm-hmm. two seconds here before I fall asleep through boredom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's basically it's a it's a farce. Um, Tim Ferriss wrote an amazing book, which has ultimately fueled an entire generation of entrepreneurs, and for that. Uh, you have to give the guy massive amounts of mad props and a massive pat on the back. Uh, he's also come out with two other very, very strong uh, books as well. So, you know, as a writer, as a publisher uh, himself, I, I think that everybody that creates content is a publisher, regardless of somebody else actually ends up publishing it for them or not. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you know, ultimately, uh, he did a great job in 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 turning on people to the entrepreneurial mindset and getting them thinking about stuff. But if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, you cannot do it from sipping margaritas on the beach <laughs> of a laptop, right? You've got to roll up your damn sleeves. You've got to take several blows to the chin, maybe even a couple of knives in the back. And you've got to work your ass off for years before you can hit a real level of quote unquote success. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, you know, every entrepreneur that I know personally, and I've become friends with, uh, and I know about their background and how they've got to where they are. And I, you know, I'm talking like millionaires, I'm talking people that have got, you know, screw you money, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, All those people that I know like that have all had plenty of jabs to their chin and knives in their back. Uh, And it just makes you a tougher entrepreneur. Uh, It makes you a more successful entrepreneur in the long run as well. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about your blows to the face and the knives you've taken to the back. (laughs) <laughs> this is the tell-all, is it? This exactly. Is well, you, I mean, you, come on, Chris. You've been on my show before. You know that I'm going to drill you for everything that you've yeah. got. No, I mean, look, the, the, you know, for me, the beginning of this whole thing, um, and, and I had, you know, I, I had flirted with entrepreneurship for a while. I had started a couple of different companies. I had uh, closed one uh, at a loss. Uh, I had sold one um, at a profit. Uh, and then I went back into the corporate world for a couple of years. And I was working for an infomercial company. This was in 2000, God, God, when was it? 2005 or something. Um, And I was working for an infomercial company for a guy over in Florida in Miami. Super nice guy. Really like cool, cool dude. You know, in his early 60s, super cool guy. You know, he's the kind of guy that, you know, when you come into town, there'll be a limo, like an actual stretch limo waiting for you. 
Um, and instead of going to the, to the house where you're going to be staying with him uh, for a month, um, he, uh, he, he gets the driver to take you to the Hard Rock Cafe to see Prince's pre-Super Bowl show, like right <laughs> from the airport. Like, that's cool. That's the kind of guy you want to work for, right? Uh-huh. No, it's not. Because that guy also was the biggest micromanaging nightmare that I've ever come across in my entire career to the point where he was literally making me BCC him into every single email that I sent so that he could see exactly what I was saying and who I was saying it to. It was a nightmare. Now, the reason why I stuck with it was because the money was so darn good um, and I, I knew that if I did ever want to get out of this properly uh, and, and forever, that I needed, I, I needed some kind of buffer. I needed mm-hmm. money in the bank. And so uh, I put up with it. I put up with it for about a year and a half. And uh, eventually I couldn't put up with it anymore. And at the end of one of those trips, I was on my way back from Miami going into Hong Kong to get my connection here to the Philippines. And at 37,000 feet on the way to Hong Kong, I wrote my resignation letter. I hit the send button on that email when I landed at Hong Kong airport. Best airport Wi-Fi on the planet, by the way. <laughs> Just want to, I'm serious, man. Nothing beats it. It's so freaking fast. It's ridiculous. Um, and, uh, I never looked back. You know, mm. he was upset. He was really upset. But I, I never looked back. And, um, it, you know, that was the, you know, that that was several jabs to the chin over mm. and over and over again. Like, you know, there was a time when we were at Vegas for a conference, and, um, you know, these are my clients, people that I've brought on board. Yet this guy wouldn't let me get a word in edgeways at meetings, even dinner meetings. Mm. Which, by the way, I'm the king of the dinner table business meeting. Like I. I'm, I'm, a gr- I, I'm a self-proclaimed amazing host at dinner in business settings. And I, I was, I, it was like I wasn't even there. It was mm-hmm. like the chair was empty. Well, I've so, had dinner with you, so I know. <laughs> thank you very much. You have. So, I mean, but, but no, I mean, I, I, for me, you know, that, that was just one jab to the chin after another, after another, after another. No stabs in the back mm-hmm. from the guy. Um, but it was enough for me to realize I never wanted to work for anybody else ever again. Mm-hmm. All right, so there, there's there's a lot of stuff I want to unpack here. Uh, you, okay, <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> come on, Chris. You know how that goes. I really, I, I want to talk about this idea of the buffer, right? I mean, you're miserable, but you also knew that if you were going to get out of this for good, right, you were going to have to give yourself a viable buffer and and you know something. It's what AJ Leon re- re- refers to as an evacuation plan. There you go. That's perfect. And yeah, perfect. Time. I think that really that is troubling for many people because it's this constant balance of no, you know, wanting to get the hell out of the situation you're in, and also knowing there's a dream at the end of it. And I'm curious, you know, how, one, how do you maintain that balance? Um, and two, I mean, what advice do you have for people in that situation? Because I guarantee you, there's lots of people who are listening to this who are caught in between those two places that you're talking about, you know, the tyrant boss or the job they hate. And on the other side, the potential for something amazing. But the thing is, if they make that leap too quickly, they're going to end up right back where they started. And I know this because when I moved to Costa Rica in 2011, I did exactly that. I thought, all right, I've got just enough to go and live this four hour work week lifestyle. And you know what? That I remember when I, when I think we sat down at new media expo in LA and I told you, I said, I think that I jumped the gun. Um, 
and, and I remember you distinctly told me that it's time to stop thinking like a blogger and start thinking like an entrepreneur, but I don't want to get into that discussion. I want to get into this one about the evacuation plan. Yeah, I mean, I think what it is, is, and I love that term. That's such a great term. I'm totally going to steal that for a blog post or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, Give AJ, AJ credit. Coming, yeah, It's coming my way. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I... I think what it is, man, is it, it, it comes down like once you realize that you want to evacuate, right? You want to pull the cord. Um, that, that right there is a defining moment in itself. When you realize that you're too good for this shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like th- there is more out there that you have you haven't even scratched at the surface baby i mean you know we haven't even got started with my life you know what i mean that kind of mindset um and once you get that mindset that that in itself is a great moment to discover and you should enjoy that moment but then you've got to very quickly and very remarkably get to the point where you start making plans mm-hmm. and not only have you got to plan your work but then you've got to work that plan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and that for me is one of the biggest things that I do every single year. I sit down and I plan out three goals for the course of the coming year. There's a long-term goal, there's a midterm, and then there's a short-term goal. And the short-term goal is a goal to make sure that I begin every single year with a bang. And that's my 30-day plan. Like I will literally do something in January mm-hmm. because I want to make sure that you know, I'm off to a, a raging start right at the beginning of the year. Um, this year, I launched my personal branding bootcamp course, and it's been inside of me for two years. I eventually put it together and launched it, and I had over a hundred people sign up in a matter of like three days. It, it just totally validated the whole idea of doing something like that. And I planned all of that work, and then I pulled the cord. And I worked that plan. So, you know, the evacuation of a nine-to-five office rat into a fully-fledged entrepreneurial force, that could be a, uh, that could be a 30-day plan. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe, you, maybe you do have a little bit of money. Maybe you've got an opportunity. And, and maybe you've been creating a side hustle for a while, in, you know, in your basement in the evening or, you know, over the weekends or something like that. Maybe that evacuation is not going to be a one-year plan or a six-month plan. Maybe you can do it right now, but what's holding you back is nine times out of ten, it's fear, right? Mm-hmm. Fear of the unknown. What if it doesn't work out? What if I don't make enough money? What if my wife leaves me? You know, whatever the case may be, it's fear is what it is. It stops most people from pulling that cord. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to say that I wasn't fearful of sending that email would be a complete understatement. I was shitting my pants to do that. And I'll tell you why. Not only, even though I had the financial buffer in the bank Mm -hmm. my wife had just got pregnant (laughs) right first and foremost um uh uh, i i was delving into the realms of an industry that although i knew a lot of people within the industry i didn't really know the industry itself very well and how it worked so i had to go back to school for a little while Uh, not physically go back to school but i mean i i had to study up on on this entire call center slash recruitment industry um and you know sometimes just just saying what the hell screw it you know it's the old it's richard branson you know screw it let's do it kind of mentality Mm -hmm. and i uh i i pulled the cord and uh, you know i i've never looked back and i i think you know a lot of people um a lot of people, they live on what ifs. Mm-hmm. 
I can't stand those people. <laughs> those no, seriously, those people just piss me off. They make they drive me nuts because you're sitting around, you know, you're sitting in the bar having a beer or a cocktail or whatever. You know, what if I'd have done that, you know, business back in 2006? What if I'd have left my first wife five years earlier? You know, what if, what if, what if? Guys, you know, I, I don't, I don't like people. I don't like what if people. Um, you know, not the negative type. Anyway, you know, what if? We were to build something that revolutionized the way that people interact with each other. They're the kind of people that I want to hang out with, not the negative types. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you said something multiple times uh, that I'm much more curious about. Like you said, you know, I never looked back. And I think right. something happens, right? You reach a point of no return. I, for me, that took a long time to, to realize that I was never going to be able to go back. And I think that... In a lot of ways, it's about basically going to to a place that's pretty unsafe um, and uncomfortable. Because I think last year, you know, I jokingly said that 2013 was the year of my career suicide. And then I said, you know what? I had to commit career suicide in order for this career to come to life. Mm -hmm. Because it was necessary. I had to sever that part of who I was for good. And you said you never looked back. And I don't think that that's that easy for many people. Um, I Honestly, I think there's something that has to happen in order for you to get to the point where you never look back. So how do you, right, get, how do you get to where you, can, you never look back? Because I know I, that the irony, like I told you, you know, we're talking before about the fact that you know, hey, LinkedIn just contacted me to come and speak at their all hands. And I'm thinking to myself, there's no more ironic place for me to do a, a corporate speaking gig than a place that's designed to help you find a job since I've been fired from every job I've had. Right. And that, that right there is your opening line. for. The oh, that's, that's precisely going to be my opening <laughs> line. Right. I mean, I, uh, it's good. I, I think the defining factor, the defining moment of never looking back is your first stumble, mm-hmm. or it was oh. for me anyway. Um, and, you know, let's talk about, before I tell that story real quick, let, let's talk about the never looking back thing. I, I don't know if there's any Star Wars geeks listening in here, right? But let <laughs> me, let me just. It's a podcast. I know, right? There's got <laughs> to be a few. You're absolutely right. Episode one, little boy Anakin Skywalker saying goodbye to his mom as Qui-Gon Jinn. You can tell I'm a Star Wars fan, right? Qui-Gon Jinn is taking him off to start his Jedi training. And the mother says to the little boy, Go now, or worse to this effect, go now and don't look back. And that little kid, he walks away with his Jedi Master, and he doesn't look back at his mom. And that was the end of that journey and the beginning of his journey, which would obviously end in the dark side and all the rest of it. But, you know, at that point, that was, you know, this was now a changing point in this little boy's life and everybody around him, right? The same thing happened for me, about four months after, unfortunately, I didn't become a Jedi. That would be so cool. <laughs> I might have to title this interview The Journey of an Entrepreneurial Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's cool. I, I go with that. But, I mean, like, I, it's, the st- it's the lightsabers, man. I want a lightsaber. It's that simple. <laughs> but, I mean, I, 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 there was four months into the journey with, with uh, the Live to Sell group, and we almost went bankrupt, literally. Uh, we ended up getting shafted by one of our clients that was paying us on a performance basis. And um, to cut a long story short, they said that 
X amount of work wasn't qualified that we had already qualified. I knew something fishy was up, so I started calling back these leads that we had generated for them and found out that the company that was our client at the time was actually meeting with them, was actually closing business with them, but they weren't paying us for the leads. So we got shafted. Uh, There's a stab in the back right there. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was a defining factor for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was a Friday night. It was around 10 p.m. and My wife logged on to our online banking and she looked at the company account and realized that we only had enough money for two more payroll periods. So basically a month. And otherwise we were going to go broke. And we were only four months into the business, right? So we all know that 98% or whatever it is of small businesses fail in the first year. Well, I was going for a record, baby. I, I wanted to do it real quick. Uh-huh. Um, and so I had, I, I had to hit the pause button and I, hit, I had to hit the eject button all at the same time. So I ejected the client and fired the client uh, and ended up at that point that I was never going to work on a performance basis ever again as a service-based business. From that moment onwards, and we always have done since then, we have charged 100% in advance for all our services on a month-to-month basis. And there's not many people in our industry that do that, but that's Mm -hmm. the way we do it. So that was the first defining factor, and it's such an amazingly huge silver lining right there. The second thing was I had to hit the pause button on my, at that point, 15-odd staff because they were fully trained up. They knew how to do this work, but I wasn't going to be able to pay them for much longer. And I didn't want to lose them and have to start from scratch all over again. So I basically put them on pause and I turned around and said to them, give me two weeks. Okay, give me two weeks to turn this around. Please don't look for another job. I can't pay you when you're waiting. I can't do that. But please don't look for another job. Invest the next two weeks sitting at home watching TV in me, and I promise I'm going to invest the next six months making you the best possible person that you can be doing what you do for me. Mm -hmm. And out of the 15 people that we put on pause, 13 came back two weeks later. Two people got jobs. Mm -hmm. So I was super happy with that percentage. And over that next two-week period, I did what I do best. I cold-called like a ninja. I, and, and remember, we're in the Philippines, and my, my primary business landscape is America. So I was cold calling through the night. I'd start work at 9 p.m. and go through to 4 or 5 in the morning, my time. And I cold called and cold called and cold called. I looked people up on directories. I was looking at websites. If I thought that they could, hand, you know, that they could, they could do with a customer service rep or a lead generation expert or whatever, I would just cold call, cold call like mad. And at the end of that two-week period, I closed almost 60 full-time employee seats for the bit. Sorry, not 60, 20 full-time employee seats within that two-week period. Everybody came back to work. We hired a couple of extra people. We saved the company from going bankrupt. And by the end of that year, we were up to 60 full-time employees. And we started in March, so March, April, May, June, July. So coming back into July, August, and then from August to the end of the year, we added another 40-odd people. Uh, it was, I mean, a total turnaround. And it was that stumbling block. Mm-hmm. It was that first stumble um, that I think really made me understand the importance of doing this on my own. And that's why I never look back. Awesome. Okay. So I love it. Uh, 
two more questions come from this, which you should not surprise you by now. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll. Let's All do right. it. <laughs> so here's the thing. On the stumbling block, right? I think that there's, there's two, thing, two types of people who, who hit a stumbling block. Those who experience what you did at a stumbling block, and the stumbling block ends up being defining and life-changing for them, and those mm-hmm. who basically retreat at the stumbling block. And what I'm really curious about is look, stumbling blocks are inevitable in any journey, whether stumbling blocks are a part of life. They're not, this is not just an entrepreneurial story. This is a life story. And and this is why I want to ask you about this is how do you develop the mindset to navigate uncertainty, stumbling blocks, adversity? I mean, what do we have to do? Because I, I think that that is such a powerful skill and it's not something you learn in school. It, there's, there's just nothing. We're never taught that in any aspect of our life. And yet consistently, the people who I see who do remarkable things have this as a part of who they are. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even think you – I mean, I guess you probably pick a few things up mm-hmm. along the way. But ultimately, I think you're born with it. I, I think entrepreneurs – Great people, creative minds, geniuses, you know, all these people that, that are, that, that go above and beyond society, should we say, right? Just the average Joe. Um, I think we're, I think we're born, we're not made. I think it's in our DNA, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Like I said, we pick things up, you know, but it, we pick them up because we put ourselves in the situations where we allow ourselves to pick those things up, mm-hmm. where other people are quite happy to sit in a cubicle for nine hours a day. We're not. Yeah. Cubicle, schmoogicle. I mean, like, you, there's just, there's, there's no way I could do that. And I think that's, I think that's the, the, the big difference between, you know, truly remarkable people and those that just sort of tottle through life. And for you guys listening in, you know, you're, you're listening to this particular podcast because you want to be unmistakable. Like you don't want to fit in. You want to be the square peg. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And I freaking love that. Oh, my God. It turns me on so much. Your audience turns me on, Trini. I want you to know that. <laughs> I'm sure that they're very happy to hear that. And, you know, basically, what you, what you should realize is that the context of that question could be really war- – comment could be really warped. The overwhelming majority of our audience is female. <laughs> oh, ah, right. Sorry, ladies. Um, <laughs> I love the fact that you're so passionate is what I meant. <laughs> I know. I, I totally get it. I, you know what? I want to dig deeper into this last piece a little bit more because, I mean, the idea of something being, you know, it being something you're born with. Uh, you know, Greg Hartle and I have had this ongoing debate that has caused quite a stir uh, among our listeners about talent and the fact, you know, he, his conclusion after three and a half years of being on the road and, you know, building the $10 in a laptop project, he used to believe that if anybody came to him he, and, and said, hey, I have the commitment to do this, they could make it happen. But then he said, you know what, I think there are certain people who are just built a certain way and born a certain way. And I think that, you know, you said that you pick up things along the way and then you put yourself in those situations. And I think the people who put themselves in those situations are born to do it. Yes. Exactly. It's in your DNA. It's not, I, I, you know, there are certain things that happen by coincidence, by, you know, luck, Mm -hmm. if you want to call it that. But I think there are way more things that come, come our way in life that are meant to happen. I'm a big believer in fate, Mm -hmm. big, big believer in fate, and also a big believer in karma. Uh, If you 
do bad things to other people, bad things will happen to you. I'm, I'm you know, I'm a very, uh, you know, very kind of switched on to that mindset. So my focus as an entrepreneur ultimately is try to provide answers to questions and it's to provide solutions to problems mm-hmm. uh, and to help people and be a nice guy. And, you know, I understand like, <clears throat> you know, I'm, 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 I'm a little brash at times. Um, <laughs> I, I can, I can, you know, I can get in your face a little bit. I'll give you the kick up the ass that you need to make shit happen. That's the kind of guy that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the core, I'm a really nice guy. Like I'm a nice guy at the core and that I'm happy with that, you know, and I, I'm, I'm happy with feeling that way about myself and the fact that I know that people that really truly know me know that as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I think that, um, ultimately it all comes down to mindset and then you know realizing when you're in a particular mindset that it's okay to be that way like if you're okay if you're all right being a cubicle rat that's cool get back in the crew get back in the cubicle you know that that's that's okay society's not gonna look down on you that's Mm -hmm. cool but if you do want to do something different if you do want to be unmistakable if you do want to be remarkable in any capacity, then you should chase it down. Mm-hmm. You really should. I, I use that phrase all the time. Chase it down because it ain't going to land in your lap. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Yeah. Well, you know, I really appreciate that you brought up the idea of, you know, if you do want to stay in the cubicle, society doesn't look down upon you. Because I think, you know, it's funny, we talked about the four-hour work week. I think for a while, you know, and we as, as, you know, internet entrepreneurs and people who have built stuff online and microphones, we've perpetuated this mantra. And to a fault, almost. I think it's made people miserable. Right. And yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that that's okay. I mean, I think you can easily be unmistakable in the context of whatever it is that you're doing. It doesn't matter if it's a day job. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I agree. It's, I've, I've it's about no, how you no approach it. Yeah, it's I, about I, I how totally you approach agree. it, right? Yeah, exactly, then, exactly. So, so one other uh, question around this last part of the story, this part of the story, and then we'll start getting uh, into kind of what's what's been going on uh, in the last couple of years. Uh, you know, I really appreciated that you brought up this idea of people didn't leave you; they stuck with you. Um, and as a leader, I think that ability to get people to buy into your vision to stick with you. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're an employee. I don't care if you're building a nonprofit. I don't care if you're building, trying to build a, a blog. Getting people to buy into you and to support you, like somebody, I don't maybe it was Meg Borden who told me, nothing of great significance is achieved without the help of other people. And you got people to do that. What do you think it is as a leader that we need to develop or as leaders we need to develop to get that from you know, the small armies that we're building? I ask a great question, and I, you know, I, I see myself as a leader in, with two different hats on, right? So the first leader is that of a boss, okay? Um, I've got about 270-odd people working for me now. Um, I don't interact with all of them, uh, not even on a semi-regular basis, but I have a core team of about 35 people that are at my management team level at different levels obviously within that team but i interact with 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 all of those on a very regular basis and with about 10 of those on a weekly basis um that's the way that i've been able to grow the business is by not remaining in all those different areas and working with all those different people it's just it's impossible like you couldn't do it like you say nothing of great significance uh, is achieved without surrounding yourself with amazing people and growing your team and that's exactly what i'm all about so that's the first the first you know, half of me as a leader is to lead not only my business, but my people. And, and, you know, that's my army right Mm -hmm. there. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, when somebody, when I speak to a small business owner, I say, okay, so what are your three main priorities in business? And they say, well, I want to bring in more business. Uh, and then obviously I want to take care of my existing clients and I want to take care of, of my team as well. My, my employees. Well, I'm the guy that turns that on its ass, literally right over. 
Mm-hmm. And I said, well, first and foremost, you've got to look after your team because they're your army. They're the ones that are running your business for you. They're the most important people in your business, not your customers. Believe it or not, that's the way it is. Secondly, you've got to look after your existing customers because they're already through the door. You've closed them already. They're parted with cash. They deserve your attention. And then lastly, you should be focusing on getting new business. And sometimes when I say that to people, they're like, no, I don't understand it. You can't grow without bringing on board new business first and all this sort of stuff. So that's, you know, as a, I think as a leader, you've got to turn stuff on its ass every now and then. And, and I try to do that quite regularly with my team. Now, that's the first level, right? The, the other side of me as a leader is that to my audience online, which I've been so blessed to grow um, over the last four years of being actively, you know, blogging and podcasting. Um, you know, I never would have thought that I'd be running, you know, a, a blog and doing podcasting and writing a book and doing, like, if you'd have asked me five years ago, I thought you were high, literally. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I couldn't, no, I, honestly, I, I couldn't see myself doing any of this stuff. But the fact of the matter is now that it, it actually has now developed into my focus. It's mm-hmm. what I want to do. I want to write blog posts. I want to write books. I want to speak on stage. They're my three Tri- that's my trifecta in my career now going forwards. Um, you know, the, the businesses on the back end, I'm lucky, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that I've been able to put the processes and the systems in place and the procedures in place internally to be able to continue to run and grow those businesses without being around all that much. Mm-hmm. I'm very lucky for that. So that's the second side of me as a leader is to my audience. And, and, but I'm also always very switched on to the fact that anything that I do online is very much guided by my audience. Like your audience will ultimately decide what the business of you becomes if you're online. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in that. Um, and, you know, that's why I put the branding boot camp together because I started to get tons of questions about how I was building my personal brand, what I was doing, where the focus points should be in building a brand online. So instead of just answering the same questions over and over again via Twitter and email, uh, I decided to put a course together and provide an incredible amount of detail in regards to that and sell it, make money off it. At the same time, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a business owner, you know, so let me answer all these questions. Let me provide a solution to this problem, but let's make some money at the same time, right? And if you've got the right kind of audience that is telling you what they need help with, they'll be more than happy to part with hard-earned cash for it, mm. more than happy. Now, it, it knocks me off because there's so many people online doing stuff for free all the time. If you want to be an influencer in today's world, you must be seen to sell, it builds authority to sell. I'm a big believer in that. I'm not saying you've got to sell every single thing that you put together mm-hmm. and, and get out there, but eventually you have to start asking for the order. And this is my hardcore sales background coming back in the play now. You can't give, 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 give forever and be successful. You've mm-hmm. got to make money somewhere along the lines. And by making money, it allows you to pump more back into your vision and into the audience and into your businesses, which then ultimately ends up giving even more value in the long run to those people as well. So it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. You know, I, I really love that you brought up the, the idea of, you know, one, you have to ask. And I think that we we see that as a bad thing and it's not like I, I realize the fact that, you know, we've gotten to ask, I mean, you know, yeah, people bought my book, but you know, the great thing about everything that came from that book, you know, Greg told me, he said, look at, look at this. He said, you're hiring 
people to do freelance work for us. He said, do you realize how valuable that is? He said, you're putting mm, back into the yeah. system that, you know, I mean, like, the, the you know, I, I said, I think a few weeks ago, I, I titled, the, you know, the, the, um, an essay I wrote on Facebook called Feeding the Ecosystem. I say, you know, the first place we always look when we're looking for a resource is our listener base. Right. Because we're like, how, we wouldn't be here without them. Right. And, and they're, they're tuning into you because of the connection that they've got with you. And you in turn, get to know your audience. And this is my P2P philosophy that I talk about all the time, and I have done for the last couple of years. I dropped this philosophy for the first time um, at the beginning of, let me get this right, the beginning of 2012, I think, at um, Blogworld mm -hmm. in my presentation. I was actually talking about um, virtual assistants and how to utilize VAs in regards to uh, content marketing and repurposing. And it was a great session. It was very well attended and, you know, lots of questions at the end, lot, you know, lots of great tweets and everything. So I, I know it was a, you know, it, it was a quote unquote successful presentation. But the one thing that everybody kept coming back to over and over again had nothing to do with VAs mm -hmm. in any way whatsoever. It came down to this P2P philosophy and that is that people to people relationship building mode that you must get into today if you want to be successful online. Because if you think about it logically, people are way more likely to believe their own opinions before that of anybody else's. However, however, social media is changing that. It's decades old, but it's changing that because we are now to the point where we are way more likely to believe another person's opinion or another, you know, a referral from another person, for example, mm -hmm. than we would have maybe 10 years ago, particularly people that we've never even met, but we've connected with online. You know, if, if I go out on Twitter and say, hey, guys, I'm looking for a good video host company. Can anybody suggest anything? I'll get 30 tweets that day back with mm -hmm. suggestions. Uh, some of those people I would have met and conversed with face to face. Some of those people I would never have met face-to-face, -face, but I've got to know online through either the comment section of my blog or, you know, whatever the case may be. And I'm more likely to believe the people that I've never met before face-to-face -face because of the relationship that I have with them, that P2P connection that I've developed with them online over a course of either months or years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think that... Um, you know, that, that it's important to listen. And I love the fact that you bring that up about your audience, man, because it shows that you're extremely in tune to that P2P philosophy. Um, and, you know, it's not just about giving back to your audience. It's about taking from them as well. I'm not talking about money here. Everybody think I'm just a money-grabbing guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this ducker? All he wants is our money. We're not going to go to his website. No, I mean, it... it it's not just about giving to them, but it is about taking from them as well. And when I say that, I mean, they've got their opinions, they've got their suggestions, they've got their references that they want to give to you. And so if you ask for that sort of type of information and you act upon some piece of info that somebody within your audience gives you, reward that person. You know, get them on the show or, you know, uh, retweet the latest blog post or send them a bottle of wine or, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? And I love that. I love that sort of stuff. Mm. 
So speaking of referrals, um, we, we, you know, I jokingly say, you know, it's like the, I, I've never, you know, I have never gotten a book deal, but I've introduced plenty of people to literary agents to make book deals happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So let's let's start talking uh, about kind of where this has led you, because one of the byproducts of this entire story is is a new book. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Well, what's the question? What's the question? Well, let's talk about the book. Well, I mean, let, so you know, for those of you who don't you, you who who don't know, I did introduce Chris to his literary agent. Uh, you did. I had to say that. So, uh, you know, and, and I, I thank you for it. I, yes, you have multiple. T- oh, you. Were, I'm in the book. I told you. Oh, I remember. I, I remember I, when I wrote the email. I said all I want is a mention in 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 you know in the thank yous. Yeah, and and for everybody listening in, he didn't pay for it. I just want to clarify. <laughs> that. It, it was. <laughs> I, I'm not that money grabbing, like I said. No, I, I give you a very. Would you like me to read it out? No, no, that's okay. Um, well, you're, you're, I, you're, I'm so, not that well. vain. <laughs> no, but you did, and you know you, you know because I I had I had been offered a well I, I call it a book deal. It was a bit of a weak offer to be honest with you. But I was I was offered something a few years ago, and I put it I pushed it back because I didn't feel. I mean, a I didn't feel like I was a good enough writer. Okay, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Secondly, I wasn't ready because I was too busy sort of building up, you know, additional businesses and just working with clients and doing lots of other cool, fun stuff. So I didn't really have the time. But then in late 2012, you and I had that conversation and you turned around and said something to me along the lines of, dude, you need to write this book now. Like people need it now you've got to do it now and I said I don't even know where to start I mean you know what do I do I'm a you know and so well I'll introduce you to a a literary agent of mine okay great so you introduced me to Christina Um, we had two conversations I'd never spoken to a literary agent before in my life so I didn't really know what to expect Um, and I signed with her immediately Um, and that wasn't me sort of wanting to get a book deal that was me just feeling really comfortable with her and following my gut Uh which I've done on countless occasions in my career and it's never truly let me down if you think about it you're more likely to regret saying yes than you will do from saying no Mm -hmm. so always listen to your gut always (laughs) Um, and I spoke with her we signed and we we worked on a proposal together over the course of a long weekend uh, we were both happy with it, and she started shipping it out to publishers. We sent it to 16 different publishing houses, and we got four offers in the space of about three weeks. Amazing. So 25% buy-in. I couldn't believe it because mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking, well, if the four-hour work week, which is now an international number one bestseller, gets turned down 26 times before somebody picks it up, I, I don't have a, a hope, you know, hope in hell of getting my book published. I'll, I'll, I'll end up just, you know self-publishing it or never doing it at all, one or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we got four offers. Wow. And it was the last offer that we ended up taking. It wasn't the biggest. Uh, I want to clarify that. Um, but it, it was definitely the one that turned me on the most in regards to the overall vision uh, of what the publisher had for the project and for the book itself. Um, and, uh, yeah, here we are. You know, traditional publishing, long journey, but here we are, you know, a year and a bit later, and we're about to launch. It launches on April 1st, so I'm stoked. Amazing. So a couple of questions. One, uh, let, let's talk about, you know, 
I mean, you mentioned that I, I basically said, you've got to write this book. And one of the things I never forgot, and you told me when the publisher, you know, got the first pass was this is like that, you know, outsourcing section on the four hour work week on steroids. So t- talk yeah. to me about your, your personal motivation for why this book had to get out into the world. I mean, other than me saying you've got to write this book because there's got to be something burning inside of you. Like I have realized you don't just write a book because it's, it's like, Hey, everybody else wrote a book. So I should write a book too. I think, you know, one of the useful one of the the useful things that Guy Kawasaki told me is he'd write a book because you have something to say, and clearly you right. do. But something I feel like there's something more than just hey I'm Chris I know all this stuff about outsourcing. What's the deeper reason that you felt compelled to put this book out into the world and give birth to it? I mean the there was a couple of things. The first thing was that there was just so much crap floating around online in relation to outsourcing and virtual assistants and all this sort of stuff, um, particularly in, you know, in the wake of the four-hour work week coming out and everything. And, and, and I just, you know, I was reading these blog posts. I was looking at these, you know, these videos that people were posting and they were just full of BS. Like, you know, nobody works for a buck fifty an hour mm-hmm. in the Philippines. Nobody. Like, nobody works for a buck fifty an hour. So don't tell people all around the world via the internet that they will do because it doesn't work that way. You're selling dreams that won't come true. The other thing was that, um, you know, there, there was this myth that one virtual assistant could run your entire business for you. Uh-huh. Um, I call it the super VA myth in the book. And um, it, it, that's also complete rubbish. I mean, you think if you build a house, you hire a head contractor who then subcontracts the plumbing, the electrical, the roofing, the plastering, you know, because that that head contractor is not an expert in all those things. So he hires people that are. And so, you know, that, that super VA myth was really starting to drive me nuts, to be honest with you, because it was cropping up way too often. So they were the, they were the sort of the, the, the practical reasons as to why I wanted to do it. But then there was the personal reason. And I think that was the driving force above and beyond everything else was that late 2009, I hit a wall. I burnt out. I was working 15, 16 hour days. Um, and I ended up being no good to anybody for about a month. And that's when I put in, uh, put together my plan to become a virtual CEO by the end of 2010. So this is before you and I even met. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started blogging as well in January 2010. And so it was hitting that wall. It was burning out. It was becoming sick and and not spending any time with my family and realizing that I was no longer running my business, but my business was running me that made me make all those changes that year to remove myself from the business as much as I possibly physically spiritually, emotionally could. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I achieved that goal. I'm very happy to say I am still living that way now. Um, And I realized I wasn't the only person in that boat. There were tens of thousands of other entrepreneurs all around the world feeling like that as well because they found my blog and they told me. And uh, they've continued to tell me that over the last four years. So, you know, that was the real reason behind putting together Virtual Freedom was because I wanted to show other people how they can do it. You know, you know, working 16 hours a day, seven days a week, becoming stressed and unfit and, and unhappy does not make you a more successful entrepreneur. It just makes you a more stressed, unhappy entrepreneur. And I needed to tell the world that. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. 
I love it. I mean, I'm that, that's why you know I asked the question because I remember there was I remember there there was a much deeper motivation for this, and I really appreciate that you brought up kind of you know the fact that you hit a wall and. I, I like the fact that, you know, there's a focus on personal reasons as much as there is a practical one here, uh, which brings... Well, there's got to be. There's yeah, got to be because there's so. a direct correlation between everything you do business-wise will seep into your personal life, whether you liked it, like it or not. So it's got to be there. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why, you know, I, I think that, like, it's very tempting to do things because you see it working for somebody else. Uh, and your thought is, oh, I just, I'm going to do it because it looks like it worked for somebody else. I mean, you know, people might see us putting on a conference and think, oh, I should go do that. And I can tell you it's the most thankless experience ever, like the, the process of putting it together. But it was one of those things I just, I couldn't not do it. Like there was a, it was like just near and dear to my heart. I was like, you know what? I am going to enjoy the byproduct of this and I'm going to enjoy the experience of it so much that I have to do this. Right. And, and I think that that's that's really, really important. But, um, you know, I appreciate that you brought up that also you knew you, you know, you knew you hit a wall because sometimes I think that we hit a wall and we don't realize it. Like we've gotten so, you know, into such a place of sleepwalking. And I'm wondering if you're in that place, is there a way to wake up? Mm, that's a good question. I think. I mean, you will wake up, um, <laughs> hope, hope, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hopefully not with cancer. No, hopefully not with some horrible disease or, or, you know, a family that's disappeared on you or something like that, God forbid. But, I mean, no, it's it's, it's a good question, man. I, I think, you know, there comes a time in every entrepreneur's life when you've got to make a choice. Uh, you'll hit a crossroads. And for me, it's a clear crossroads. It's a clear choice. Left or right, there's no going forward. Left or right, you need to make a choice. You're either, A, going to break down and maybe lose everything, or, you know, you turn to the other di- in the other direction and you start building a team. You start building people around you that can genuinely help you run, support, and grow your business. And that's what I did, and that's what I talk about in the book, and that's what I advocate for entrepreneurs, no matter where they are on the planet, because there's just absolutely no way that you can build a successful, profitable long-term business without help from other people. There's, there's no need to try and do it on your own because I'm telling you right now, eventually you will fall flat on your bloody face and fail horribly. It just will happen. It's not a matter of uh, if, it's just when. Well, I think that uh, really this is a beautiful way to, to sum up our conversation. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you one last question and then we'll close things up. Uh, you know, in a world of so much noise, I mean, you and I have been at this since 2009 and, uh, here we are five years later, things have changed a lot since then. So my question for you is in a yeah, world, we've got, like we've this, got more gray hair. We definitely have more gray hair. I mean, according to, you know, the, your profile picture that I'm looking at, you don't have much hair at all. <laughs> I don't have any at all. You're absolutely right. Uh, Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> so how in a world like this, do we become unmistakable? Mm, how do we become, you know, we, we do it by being ourselves, man. You know, when, when I, when I yeah. launched my first blog, virtual business lifestyle, which is how you and I met initially, um, I was not the real Chris Ducker. I was holding back. I was holding back on everything from just plain good old speaking my mind right the way through to the language I was using to the way I was presenting myself in videos and all the rest of it um, because I was worried about 
what my customers were going to think. I was worried about what my employees were going to think. Uh, everything. I just wasn't myself. And in 2012, mid-2012, I made the switch to chrisducker.com. Mm-hmm. And I decided to stop talking about the whole lifestyle design work-life balance thing, which I enjoyed for a couple of years, but it, I just I got bored of it, quite frankly. Um, and I decided just to be me. And that's exactly what I've done ever since. And the moment I flipped that switch and decided to focus on my brand and being me was the moment when everything took off, mm-hmm. like everything. The book deal, uh, the speaking career, just absolutely catapulting. I mean, I think I'm on like 12 different stages this year or something around the world. It's, it's insane the way that's launched. Um, the blog, the traffic, the subscribers, the business, the money, the opportunities, the happiness, everything, because I was just being me. Um, and, you know, it's funny. I, I, I do these uh, one-day business breakthrough events um, with Pat Flynn. Whenever I'm in the United States, we put one on in San Diego and this is the defining moment of, of really everything I've worked on for the last few years. Somebody said there's 25 entrepreneurs in the audience. We, we do them in a very kind of limited, exclusive setting, uh, these one-day events. And then somebody said to me at the end, because we always ask the audience at the end for five minutes of feedback in regards to what we could have done better throughout the course of the day. And one lady turned around and she said, you, you guys absolutely could not have done anything better. This is exactly what we needed. Um, And what I really loved was that there was two completely different people, two completely different personalities up in the front of the room, helping us, talking us through these things, brainstorming with us. You know, you've got Pat, the nice kind of, you know, super structured, strategic kind of guy who is there to sort of, you know, put his arm around you and make you feel good and you can do it, you can do it. And then you've got you, Chris, who is the stop making excuses, get up off your ass and freaking do it kind of guy. Um, we love that. And, and that contrast of different personalities worked so well. And I realized at that point, we've done a couple of them now, but it, that was on the first one. And I realized at that point that I had I'd, I'd achieved exactly what I'd set out to do uh, a couple of years ago in regards to building my brand. And that was, I was being me. And I'm more than happy to give anybody a kick up the ass any time of the day if I feel they need to do it. Um, and so, uh, you know, send me a tweet. I'll kick you up the ass. Well, I can attest <laughs> to that firsthand. You've given me more than my, hand, my fair share. <laughs> yeah, and you're still talking to me. So, you know, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Well, Chris, uh, this has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share some of your insights with the Unmistakable Creative listeners. Congratulations on on everything. I mean, seriously, it's been really a pleasure to have you here back for, I guess, a third time. And, and you know, I'm honored to call you both a friend and, and a mentor. Well, thanks, man. It's It's been nice to catch up properly. We don't do it enough. I think we should just do this and just hit record every time. <laughs> and we could just we could wrap like this for hours. I oh, I bet this. we could. <laughs> and thank you again for all of your support in regards to uh, virtual freedom and, you know, getting the word out about the book and, and just generally just helping to even just get the entire journey started. I, I really appreciate your, uh, your love and support. Awesome. And for those of you guys listening, we'll wrap the show with that. You've been listening to the Unmistakable Creative Podcast. Visit our website at unmistakablecreative.com and get access to over 400 interviews in our archives.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.